Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. This is at the So he's on the phone with me. Hola from Texas. Um, I am here in Texas, and Texas almost always feels like it's uh, midsummer, which is ironic because we are talking about the movie Midsummer. Wow, I like that. I like that intro. But I think that was pretty ham-fisted. Yeah, it was. It was a little, a little bit rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like. I always ham-fisted, if you really think of it as an imagery, is really kind of an amazing thing. You know, people walking around with Edward ham hands. Yeah, I don't um, really like thinking about that. Imagine. Yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> as vegetarians, it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Um, so today we we're talking about Midsommar, uh, a movie by director Ari Aster, his, his big follow-up, his bigger budget follow-up to Hereditary uh, from 2019. Uh, this movie is, uh, I was blown away by this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. This movie absolutely floored me. Which floored me because I didn't know it was going to be so good and so elaborate and detailed. Like, we didn't go see it in the theater, even though I think we kind of wanted to, but life got busy. And so we were sort of asking people, hey, what'd you think of this movie that we knew saw it? And they were like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's you know, interesting take on horror in like sunshine and folklore. And then they'd be like, but it was, I don't know. It wasn't great. It was long. It was slow. And so I don't know. We like, I mean, normally we like slow films. You like them more than I do. So we were just kind of going, Oh, and we had heard that from a lot of a few people. And we were just like, well, you know, maybe we just skip this one and we'll see it later. So I, I regret that. I think, this film would have been amazing to see in the theater. Yeah, this one would have been one to see on the big screen. Um, I think this is one of the best opening sequences in movies, bar none. Yeah. Uh, you can whatever movie you think is a great opening sequence. Up to this one, doesn't even need to be a horror movie, and it's just as good. Yeah, I think I texted you after I watched it, and you—I I don't know if you had gotten to it yet. Um, but we would watch it around the same time. And I texted you, the opening sequence is incredible. Like, I had never seen anything like it. It's so perfectly done. And it sets the story up so well. And it just looks amazing. And it, the sound is amazing. And the mood and the acting is great in that, even from the very, very, very beginning. So I was just, this. it's just so great. Yeah. The... The acting is is solid in this movie. Um, they sometimes fall into archetypes. Um, they, in a way, um, but they're doomed from the start. They're doomed from the moment they set foot in in Swedish land. So we're gonna spoil this movie heavily uh, <laughs> from here on out. So, but the movie. So I am a not a anti drug person, but I uh, like I think drugs have a place in the world. They just don't have a place in my life in the world. So. The, one of the big turnoffs about this movie is I was very aware of the what I thought was going to be glorification of drug use in this movie. Another reason drug... why we didn't really jump to go see it at first because we were like, oh, movies that do drug use, like they use so many cliches and like visual effects. And anyway, continue your thought. Yeah, yeah, which, which is exactly why we didn't see it. And I got to be honest, 
the thing that kept this movie, the thing that really didn't do it for me post movie was kind of the uh, like swirling effects that they used in the background whenever they were taking LSD. I loved like plants growing through her hands. I loved that as a, as an imagery and as like subtle and well done. But in general, I I struggled. I struggled mightily with this. Did you catch the flowers breathing though? That was my favorite part of the visual. I, I, I did catch the flowers breathing. That was good too. But the swirliness bo- did not really bother me. I don't. Uh, they, they really did bother me. Rather, I don't remember I the swirliness. Yeah, the backgrounds would swirl. They kind of swirl in like a kind of like impressionistic photo, impressionist painting kind of way, like like kind of morphing and turning like clockwise oh. or counterclockwise. And um, yes. This movie is as graphic as they come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, like, just prepare yourself if you see it. Like, if you don't like visceral gore, um, you should definitely, like, look away at certain parts because it's rough. Yeah. And... You should... I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it was a horror movie, but I almost wish I'd seen this movie without ever hearing a, a review like this one. Or seeing a trailer or anything, because like this is the movie I think you go you should go in not knowing what you're watching. Um, I agree. I think if this was his first film, which, which wouldn't really happen, pra- it wouldn't happen practically because of the big budget and the scale. And I'm glad like he waited because the, it makes the film having the amount of money to make the elaborate setting and camera shots. But anyway, if it yeah. had been his first film and no one knew going in what to expect. Oh my, people just would have been blown away and then this would have been the film that they were talking about being like, you've never seen a film like this. You have to go see it. It's like a little weird and a little long, but like, do it. Yeah. Yeah, this movie I thought was incredible. Like, again, like, and the performances are so good and real. Um, And like, a lot of the, like, I love how they, so the obvious movie that every cult movie gets compared to is Wicker Man, which we watched uh, not so long ago for the first time. Uh, the Wicker Man from 1973. And The Wicker Man is a movie with lots of sex. This movie, Midsummer has lots of sex. Actually, I typed in, Midsum- in, in The Wicker Man into IMDb, and the third video clip is from Midsummer. Um, so there's a lot of like overlap in comparison that these two movies It's an intentional with- reference from the director, though. So this one in actuality, he meant to do things that were like similar. It is. And I think The Wicker Man is a movie that if you can get in there early in your life, like watch it earlier in your life or like as a teenager, it has like a lasting impression because there's lots of lots of sex and it has a very brutal ending. Um, This is what I Midsummer, though, is what I wanted Wicker Man to be in the sense that like. All the characters feel every character every one of the cult members felt friendly and felt didn't have a sense of danger until they did or, and that it it just works. I feel like in a way so much better and the cult politics are also, or the cult religion or whatever it is, uh, feels really interesting to me. Yeah. And it's rooted in like actual history and, um, and but then they like change it becomes a little bit more culty as it goes on in the film and so 
you know, you get a sense, you get that sense of anthropological discovery and even like there's, they're doing their, a couple of the characters are doing their thesis on them. And so, you know, you're kind of observing with them and you trust them and you say, okay, well, this is, you know, this is part of their thing. This is what they do. This is tradition. And you buy into it. I mean, even after the first brutal death, um, you're like... The pe- which, which, which first? The one where oh, they jump off the cliff? Yeah, or the, the one, one with, with the family? Uh, with the... They jump off the cliff. And then the one... They just, like, sacrifice themselves by jumping off this huge cliff. And then one of them doesn't quite die. And so they have to smash him with this big hammer. And it's just insane. And, like, that's the turning point for the characters in some way and the audience. But then at the same time, the some of the characters and the audience are still, like, well, you know, it's part of their tradition. And it's, like, the things that they do. And we just have to, like, accept it even if we don't understand it. And so the movie does follow you along that path for a long time. And then it kind of switches over into, like, insanity. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. So um, it does succeed in what you're saying, like drawing the audience in and making them not feel scared at all. Just interested. Yeah. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I think Ari Aster and Robert Edgers and Jordan Peele, all three of them, but a lot of other people, but those three have had the most success. I mean, between us, Get Out, Midsummer, Hereditary, The Lighthouse, and The Vitch. Like, those are six of the, like, six of those, we reviewed a lot of those movies as part of our, our, our series here, um, half of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that horror is a really exciting place. Uh, I don't know if I like this term, but elevated horror. I think horror that, like, really, really doesn't shy away from what it's actually about. Like, this is a movie about grief and about, you know, the way we process grief. Yeah. And, you know, being abandoned, I think, is another theme. And then taking that theme into, like, a a breaking up with a not good situation. I mean, the the main character is with this guy, and... He's a D-bag. He just sucks, and, like, he doesn't want to be with her, and she really doesn't actually want to be with him. She just, like, needs some sort of comfort and a family because she lost her family to this horrific murder suicide. And, you know, and it's just her going through the process of accepting the grief and the loss so that she can get away from other things that are, like, not good for her. And this is this guy. And so even though we haven't gotten to the ending yet, but even though, Andrew, I think you had some issues with the ending, I was thinking about it a little bit after watching it. And I, I actually kind of agree with what happened. Like, I think it's part of, it's a little bit heavy handed, but it's part of like her getting over like what happened and choosing to kind of get rid. It's not quite revenge. Like immediately when you see it, you think it's like revenge and you're like, that doesn't seem right. He wasn't that bad. Um, Oh yeah. I didn't even read it that, that way at all. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I warmed up to the ending. What did you think about the ending? So, the ending, yeah, no, Christian, the guy whose name is Christian, Jack Rayner is the actor, who does a really good job. At first, I was just like, oh, this is the one guy that really sucks in the, in the ensemble cast. But he's actually really good, I think. I think he, he made some really smart choices, and he plays a kind of unlikable character name from the start. I think, for me, the ending works. 
in a really un, like regrettable way for the characters. Um, I thought the ending tried to do two things, and I it only half succeeded. Let me explain why. Um, so there's the main ending, which is like um, Danny, uh, Danny's like you know emotional release. Like she's initially like hor- horrified by it, but then she like learns to accept it and kind of smiles and kind of has this moment of levity. But then there's also the two cult guys uh, in the in the burning triangle, the burning building. Uh, played that, that I thought like um, I forgot their names in the story but one of them was like Igmar and the other one was a guy who we didn't really even know uh, named Ulf um, and they were in the building in the room in the in the burning building and they uh, they have taken some sort of like medication and I feel like when they take that, or like taking some like herbal, like I think that just paralyzed them, and I think that like they realized that like this was all a lie right at the moment, right before they died. Yeah, I, I really do. And even and that, I think that's that's what they're supposed to do because the, the guy ignites on fire, and they're like, let's let this take your pain away, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It doesn't at all. I think it just paralyzes them. That's what I was gonna say. Um, they like lie, and they say, you know, this will take away your fear and your pain, and then you see one guy looking at the other guy catching on fire the one guy's feeling the pain and the other one's feeling the fear and you get the sense of like oh wow this was all a lie and now it's too late yeah um the reason why the ending was like still since a little bit like uh like the, to end this movie is really hard i think you said that you said that the main attack like this is a very hard movie to end mm-hmm. but i think the the scene to me that's particularly hard in this movie, like particularly a hard ending is the scene right before the ending, right before she's in the floral dress with the big flower dress thing that I thought was a really beautiful costume design, which is where she sees Christian having sex with uh, the redheaded girl. And then she like freaks out and goes into the barn, like the, the bed barn, and like the, all that group of girls you know, follows hers. And I was just like, oh, you need this scene to work really, really well. And it does, but there's something that doesn't work for me about it. You know, that she's having this big shared, tr- like she's having this big moment where she's crying and like screaming. And the whole group starts to like share her trauma, which I think is the whole, this whole group of people, their cult or whatever you want to call it, this, this religion built around sharing all traumas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I think, and I, I don't, I can't put my finger on it. What lacked just a little bit because the idea of it and the acting of it was executed well. And I like the idea of it because it calls back to the very beginning of the movie when she finds out about her entire family getting killed and she is crying in the lap of Christian and he's sitting there straight as a board and doing nothing. And she's doing the same kind of like, intense wailing uncontrollable ugly ugly crying yeah yeah and so flashing forward to this moment where all of these people are supporting her to the most extreme where they are actually feeling the same grief and pain and it's it's supposed to be incredibly powerful and i think it was but 
compared to the rest of the film, and I I don't even know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. The emotional connection to her at that moment didn't didn't hit, and I I can't figure out why because there was a lot of other parts in the film where you did feel like the same as her. Right. So I don't know. I can't figure it out. I agree with you. But like, I like that scene. I think that scene has a lot of purpose. It's the most important scene in the movie to me in a a lot of ways, because it's where she decides that she's going to like change, like make the change. Yeah. And you know know what? That could have been the problem. They could have been shooting this film and been like, this is the most important scene in the movie get ready, let's do this, and something went wrong or there was too much pressure on it or something. I mean, that happens all the time. That happened in our movie when we were making it. For sure. Our most important scene in the movie did not go completely well in filming, and when we were editing it, it doesn't feel like the most important scene anymore, and I think you can make adjustments in editing, um, and there might be other important scenes in our movie now. But, you know, maybe that was part of it. Yeah, and I think, like, when you're directing a scene, you have an idea. At least the way we like to work. We like to work with allowing our actors a lot of freedom, I feel like. Um, and sometimes you discover things in the edit after watching it over and over again that work better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is a really great movie, actually. I think Midsummer is is was a really great movie and one of my favorites. I was very surprised. It was very disturbing. And I had originally downloaded this to watch on the airplane and I got through the opening sequence where the uh, family, where the murder suicide happens in Danny's family. And I was just like, Nope, we can't watch this on the plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's an intense film and also incredibly beautiful. The scenery, the costume design, the just cinematography, Everything is gorgeous and bright, and it's so weird to have a horror film that's just so bright and sunny and floral. I loved it. I, I was shocked that I liked it so much. Yeah. Well, so that has been Midsommar. Um, this one really stood out to me. Is there any other movies that, as we were doing this, really stood out to you? I know we have one more episode to go, but... Uh, is there any movies that we did that really stood out to you besides this, uh, besides or in addition to this one? Yeah, this one and another film that I knew nothing about going in, which was a nice was the skin I live in. That one, like, was really stood out to me. Is it got me excited? This, this similar to this film, it, it was ex- I was excited about filmmaking. Um, the skin I live in is a little bit older, but with Midsummer, I was like. I like I love modern filmmaking like I was just so all about it and like feeling the hope of the future and more great movies to come what about you what else stuck out to you the skin I live in is definitely left a lasting impression on me it was an amazing experience to watch that's the one we've recommended most I think out of people who ask us when we've been doing this which one we recommend um John has was surprising in a lot of ways uh just the imagery of it was was surprising for me um and again i know it's a recent one but american werewolf in love london i that movie was an amazing examination of not grief but like of like trauma and like it's from the you know it's that movie is not new so like it took some really interesting choices and 
definitely interesting to see John Landis, who usually does comedy, do a serious movie. Yeah. And, and from the very, very beginning when we watched A Tale of Two Sisters, that's the other one I tend to recommend to people because it's just very interesting and suspenseful and incredibly scary. So if you like hiding under your blanket while you watch films, like that's the one I recommend to people. Yeah, no, uh, that movie will, will, will mess you up in a, in a significant way. <laughs> uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Um, yeah, so... Right. I'm about ready to get out of here, but if you get a chance to watch Midsummer, it's on Amazon Prime. Give it a watch. Yeah. Let us know what you think. It's excellent.